All right, welcome back to the Foreigners and Strangers podcast. We got a good show for you today, and by we I mean me because I'm the only one here. I, I will be bringing guests on at some point, but also I want to real quick plug the email. Uh, if you have a question or a topic you want me to talk about, go ahead and send me an email at foreignersandstrangers at gmail.com. It'll be linked in the show notes, and uh, you can either roast me or uh, make me talk about something on the podcast. Anyway, now that the plug is out of the way, election season is in full swing, and uh, dear lord, it's swinging. It is swinging hard. And I'm just going to get right into it here. Uh, there have been people calling the mindset of, no matter who wins, Jesus is king, a toxic mindset. I feel personally attacked by this, because that's basically what I've been saying the past two episodes of the podcast, is that... Guys, it doesn't matter who wins. Jesus is Lord, and that has been true for 2,000 years at this point through every single oppressive regime that has come out uh, to oppress people on the earth. Jesus has always been king through these situations. And uh, I want to read this one thing that I found on Instagram. It says, Dear Christians, please be careful about preaching Quote, God is still in control no matter what, who wins the election. Wait, what? Uh, no matter who wins the election. I've seen this a lot. We know God is always in control. God was in control during slavery. God was in control during Hitler. God was in control when Pharaoh would not let the people go. God is going to be God regardless. That message can come off apathetic and dismissive to our American reality. God is in control, but people still have control, free will and power over other people's lives. There are several problems I find with this post. First of all, uh, let's just quickly go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and I will be reading from ESV once again. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, right off the bat, it seems like Paul could come off as apathetic. Now, I have an anxiety disorder, so when Paul is writing here, do not be anxious about anything, I instantly feel like I need to get defensive. I'm like, are you kidding me? Sometimes I can't even control how my anxiety goes. I can't even control how I think or what I think about. But despite the fact that I feel that way, I know that this is scriptural truth. And if we can't hold to that, then what's the basis for our faith in the first place? If we can't hold to the fundamental truths of what God promises us in his word, then where is our faith? When things are getting tough like this, where does our faith begin? And I actually responded uh, to this post on, uh, on Instagram. I said, I mean, if you're apathetic to the fact that God holds all the cards and works out everything for the good of those who love him. I don't see how it's dismissive since it's a promise from God himself. But anyway, that led to a whole conversation. I It wasn't hostile at all. I think it was very good uh, to just kind of... And th this is the thing. We can have disagreements with other believers as long as it doesn't lead to division. That That's perfectly fine. However, uh, just by the logic that it's saying it could come off as apathetic is that could basically label the entire book of Philippians and in turn many of Paul's letters as quote unquote apathetic. 
And by that same vein of logic, you can condemn Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 6 for being dismissive and apathetic, for saying, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. It's very dangerous ground to call this vein of thinking apathetic and dismissive. Because if there's anything we know about God, is that he is love, and love has no place for apathy or dismissiveness. So either Jesus' words are true, or Jesus' words are dismissive. I think you know which one is the truth there. So the people who actually reposted the quote from uh, that I just read, they sent me another post because I contested it, and uh, this other post... Oh my gosh, this this is what gets to me at all. This like entire this is what set me on the path to make this podcast. And the post that they sent me says this. It says, honestly, as a Bible-believing Christian who knows Jesus is king and that our ultimate eternal hope is in him, all of the no matter who wins, Jesus is still Lord and King statements feel like such spiritual bypassing and gaslighting. Right there, I can stop right there. What the heck kind of thinking is this? It is so counter-biblical that you are essentially making the claim that all of Paul's letters where he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, are gaslighting. Statements feel like such spiritual bypassing and gaslighting when the current White House occupant has led to such a painful impact on so many lives of people who bear the image of God. I'll come back to this statement later. But let's just finish the post first to get full context. God who has been reigning even 2016 through 2020. The fact that God is in control doesn't erase the very real pain people feel. There is comfort and hope in knowing God is God, but there's also very real pain. These no matter statements feel like the they're in a better place now slash they're not in pain anymore statements after a loved one dies. True, but not needed right now because time and space to grieve is needed. Even with the results that have come in so far, it's clear that too many people in the nation feel fine with the status quo that undermines the humanity of others and endangers so many lives, and that will always be traumatizing. (laughs) I hold a lot of problems with this post. You may call it petty that I'm responding to it, but the fact that so many people are going along with it because it has the Instagram logo in it and it it's coming from someone who says they're a Bible-believing Christian. That, that's, that's basically where I'm coming from with this whole thing. The fact that God is in control doesn't erase the very real pain that people feel. This is 100% correct, but how does it nullify the scriptures that say rejoice in the Lord always, which Paul wrote from prison? I was actually reading a scripture in my time with God this morning in James chapter 1 that I feel is really helpful with this. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, and this is in verse 2. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. Now, the thing is, when we pass off these statements that Jesus is king as gaslighting and apathetic and dismissive, that isn't helping our brothers and sisters in growing their faith. That isn't helping us persevere through trials and suffering of many kinds. We are promised in scripture that we will have trials. 
Nobody, I'm not dismissing the fact that 2016 through 2020 has been hard because of the Trump administration for some people. However, the fact that it has been hard for some people shows the fact that that was an opportunity for people's faith to grow. If your candidate isn't in power, that is a golden opportunity for God to work in your life. It was the same under Barack Obama with people who disagreed with him. It was the same under George Bush when people disagreed with him, Bill Clinton, the other George Bush, Ronald Reagan, all the way back. God has been working in the lives of people, the entirety of American history, the entirety of human history. When we dismiss the truth of scripture because it's gaslighting or dismissive, that hinders other people's ability for their faith to grow through perseverance. I mentioned earlier Jesus's quote in, let's just turn there in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. By the vein of logic that these posts are taking so far, it seems very apparent that Jesus is clearly gaslighting here. Jesus is clearly apathetic to the needs of the crowd. And you, you realize I'm playing into the narrative, right? That I'm not actually saying that as my own opinion. This is the logic that's being promoted with these statements. And I, it, it's, it's discouraging, honestly. The fact that we've come so concerned with this whole gaslighting and apathy and dismissiveness thing that it overpowers the word of God. The word of God is the word of God and it is all powerful in every situation. That is undeniable. Random quotes from Christians on Instagram do not trump the word of God. The point I'm trying to make, ultimately, is that the biblical truth does not in any way undermine people's pain that they have experienced in the Trump administration, nor the Obama administration, nor the Bush administration, etc., all the way down the line. God has never, let, let me say this very clearly, God has never and will never undermine anyone's pain. If he is the loving and gracious father that we see in the scripture, 
He cares about our pain. And he gives us these words of encouragement. Do not be anxious about anything. It's not a command. It's an encouragement. I want to look at one more post. Uh, it's from someone who says they're a pastor. This was a tweet I saw. And uh, I'm not going to say their name because I'm going to roast them. And I, uh, I, I'm i not encouraging you to go after anybody I mentioned here. I, I'm just saying what the Bible says about this stuff. And you know, the flawed logic of discouraging people to encourage one another, dis- discouraging to encourage, if you will, uh, that Jesus is Lord ultimately. Uh, but one more thing, actually, before I get into that, uh, in this post that uh, I was just reading, the person who wrote this post says they started off with, honestly, as a Bible-believing Christian who knows Jesus is King and that our ultimate and eternal hope is in him. I chose to stop right there specifically because it isn't just about eternal hope. In Mark chapter 10, let's look at that real quick, and then we'll move on once more. Mark chapter 10, verse 29 says, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers and sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. It's not just a promise for eternity. It is a promise for right here, right now. And what else is promised? With persecutions. We brushed up on the promises of God earlier. And uh, this is another promise of God with persecutions. We will be persecuted. That is a promise from God. But that comes with the promise that we will receive a hundredfold of what we left behind in our previous lives, our lives of sin. We will receive a hundredfold in this time and in the age to come, eternal life. Okay? Anyway, let's, let's brush up on this last one and then... Uh, I, I've probably lost all my listeners by now because of how forcefully I'm talking about this. So there is a tweet that I saw from a pastor. As a pastor, I want to encourage folks to avoid toxic theology today and every day. Quote, no matter what happens, Jesus is king. End quote is a form of faith that invalidates the lived experiences of faithful people all over the country who have been harmed by this administration. This is basically the same post we just dissected, but it puts it in much more blatant terms. The fact that he called it toxic theology right off the bat is a red flag for me, because how do you think Jesus feels if people aren't comforted by the fact that he is king and he holds all the cards? How do you think Jesus feels about that? It presents a mindset of, okay, Jesus... Uh, I know I'm going through this thing, and I know that you're king, but that's not enough for me. What else is going to reassure you? There are Bible-believing Christians on both sides of the political spectrum that will feel harmed one way or another, depending on which party is in power. That's just how it is with this political landscape mess that we have going on in the United States right now. And I talked about this in in the first episode of the podcast. 
But the fact that he says it's a form of faith that invalidates the lived experiences of faithful people all over the country. Again, I look at Paul, who we talked about earlier, obviously, because he wrote, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, while he was in prison. I'm going to stand by the notion that there is no person more qualified to spread the message of rejoice in the Lord always than the person whose circumstances dictate that they should not rejoice in the Lord. And that was Saul of Tarsus. And the language of the book of Philippians makes it very clear of how joyful he is, despite the fact that he's in prison. We clearly see that Paul encourages this mindset of what this pastor calls toxic theology. And the fact that he deems this as toxic theology, that in turn invalidates the lived experience of one of the most faithful disciples who ever lived, the Apostle Paul. The ultimate goal I'm trying to get at here, which I'm pretty sure you realize by now, is the fact that calling it toxic theology or calling it dismissive or gaslighting or apathetic in any way, the encouraging message that Jesus is king, like, there is no reason why that shouldn't be encouraging and I believe me, I have an anxiety disorder. I know what it's like to have the mindset of, well, yeah, but this or that. Regardless of how we feel, Jesus is still king. Regardless of what our experiences dictate, Jesus is still king. We could be undergoing a mass persecution of Christians right here, right now, and Jesus would still be king. And in fact, if we were going through a mass persecution, if we were all being rounded up and executed for our faith in Jesus Christ. The sole message that we should be hearing is that Jesus is king. That is the only thing we should be hearing. That is the only thing that would keep us going through that. And the fact that we're not going through that at all in this country makes it that much more of a prevalent message. We should rejoice in the fact that we're not going through that. We should rejoice in the fact that Jesus the king has prevented that from happening in this great nation of ours. I'm going to get in trouble for calling this a great nation, aren't I? Anyway, that's basically all I have to say about it. I got a little forceful there in the end, but I think uh, I made <laughs> I think I made my views clear. Don't be discouraged by the fact that Jesus is king. And don't let other people tell you that you should be discouraged. Look at what the Bible says and determine whether you should be discouraged or encouraged by that message. Don't take my word for it. Look in the scriptures for yourself. Anyway, if you want to roast me for what I've said here today, I have an email that you can send very long and heated messages to. It's foreignersandstrangers at gmail.com. It's down in the show notes. And uh, feel free to send me an email with either disagreements or you can send me an email with a topic you want me to talk about in the next podcast or in a future podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to cover the election anymore or political results at least for a little while i i assume around like the time the electoral votes are actually cast uh i might make another one because uh we we still have over a month until that happens so the election results are not final nor will they uh in any election they're not final until the electoral votes are cast so uh we won't know who won because for all we know, every single faithful, every single elector that they send to the Electoral College could vote for Kanye West, and we would, uh, we would be none the wiser. Anyway, that's all I got for today. 
Be sure to tune in next time. Subscribe to the podcast if you want to catch the next episode. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys in the next podcast. Thank you for listening.